I'm rather embarrassed, General Solo, but it appears you are to be the main course at a banquet in my honor. In honor of faking Star Wars Radio. That's right, it's another delicious, scrumptious episode of Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. This episode is brought to your door by Star Wars Dash, the official Star Wars food delivery service in honor of today's topic, food in a galaxy far, far away. With me today is Mr. Vegan the Hutt, who would not miss an episode on food if his life in Tatooine depended on it. How are you doing, Vegan? would never, ever miss <laughs> time to eat. I've been eating all day, actually. Um, woke up this morning, had a big uh, four-course meal. Snack time, second snack time, third <laughs> lunch. Um, yeah, just been eating all day, just in preparation of this show and just uh, you know doing my best to... Um, not vomit everywhere. I can hear it in your vocal cords. You know, they just seem plump and resonant with some, you know, oily, uh, caloric carbon, carbon sort of uh, carbohydrates. Yes, actually, I've been eating a lot of soy today, uh-huh. which I don't normally uh, consume, but. Uh Soy is uh, said to be good for your brain. Be careful with too much soy because I have heard that in the hut species that can give you uh, man boobs. So that's not frowned upon in for hut hoobs. Can we call them hoobs? Hut boobs. All right. Well, um, you know we have a great show for you today. We have a couple <laughs> fake ads. We have a our main topic all about Star Wars food, and we also have a special guest today uh, for Duel of the Fakes. Link Vox a million is going to be in the studio later on. But we do have some sad news actually that we need to report. Um, this is actually distressing to me as uh, this involves people who I have actually stayed in hotel rooms with, uh, shared bathrooms with, um, and I never thought this kind of violence would enter into the elite crew. Faking Star Wars, but we've just received word that IG69, our uh, preeminent bounty hunter co-host, has actually kidnapped Teeb Rontor on a semi-permanent basis and is actually holding him in an undisclosed carbon-frozen location uh, for the time being until such time as we get 669 Patreon subscribers on the podcast. So we're very sorry to see uh, Teeb go. Well, well, some people may be very sorry. I am very relieved of course i don't have to deal with his crap anymore however um just the good-natured uh, stormtrooper that i am i do feel that justice has not been done so if you're out there teeb we're thinking of you buddy and we hope that we can unfreeze you soon enough and uh you know just just a little tip uh don't try any of ig69's barbecue sauce Ooh, despicable ig Despicable. Well, I mean, it's a, it's all in his programming, you know. I mean, what can you expect from a semi-stupid assassin droid? So, I mean, you know, his programming did go a little haywire uh, a couple times before. So, Duel of the Fakes. Duel of the Fakes. Okay, fellow fakers, well, that delicious music means it's time for another fantastic installment of Duel of the Fakes. Unfortunately, Willy Bobo is currently in treatment for a distended stomach due to all the coronavirus-related pizza he's been eating, so we've brought in second-in-command, FakingStarWars.net, Mr. Link Voxamillion, for this Duel of the Fakes, and in a special uh, benefit, I am going to get to play as well. I am thrilled, Link. Welcome to the studio. How are you? Doing good, doing good. 
Great. Well, this particular duel of the fakes uh, was penned by your lordship, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, this lordship. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, take it away. So uh, if you guys uh, are out there, you don't know what Duel of the Fakes is, basically um, Master Link is going to read to us three stories, all of which should be fake. However, one is masquerading as a pizza in tacos clothing, and it's actually a true story. So we have to, uh, <laughs> Vegan and myself, sniff out which one is the fake fake. That's right. All right. So uh, sticking to the food theme. Uh, so everybody break out your blue milk and your, your Jawa juice, whatever you prefer, and play along at home. <laughs> all right. So first of all, we're going to look at this first story. Looking at the annals of Star Wars legends, Boba Fett's schleppy cousin, Melvin Fett, thought Tatooine was a desert planet rather than a desert planet and expected it to be filled with cupcakes and ice cream. Hmm. Mm. Sounds a little fanciful to me. It sounds a bit yeah. Willy Wonka. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was just watching Willy Wonka last night. It was a fantastic movie. Uh, Red Letter Media did a, a feature on it, and I, I believe that's because uh, Penn Jillette on his podcast a few weeks ago was talking about Gene Wilder's performance, um, which is just a fantastic performance, pitch perfect, as they say. It was beautiful. Yeah, I was wondering you're gonna say you watched the Depp one. <laughs> no, no, gosh, no. <laughs> that that's an abomination. Uh, Gene Wilder <laughs> could be the next Boba Fett if he weren't dead. Of course, I mean, you know, in uh, the Mandalorian, Boba Fett is dead, right? <laughs> well, it's a perfect match made in heaven. Then, <laughs> I guess Darth Plagueis is also dead, so you could play Darth Plagueis. Yeah. All right. Well, story number two. Uh, during the time between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker in real life, real life, not in the universe, um, Mark Hamill described the ingredients in green milk via Twitter. So here's what he said. Uh, Hamill claimed that the onset milk that he drank consisted of the following. Uh, coconut and rice milk with citrus juice and a splash of tequila. A splash of tequila? Mm. Boy, Interesting. What do you think? I don't know if that's true, but I I guess Hamill. I mean, does he strike you as much of his in of much of his uh, much of an imbiber vegan? Well, he could have been lying. Imbiber. Yeah. Well, I suppose he could have said that truthfully, but been lying that about what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that that could be a, a deep fake or a double fake or or whatever they call it these yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> The only crappy. reason that I'm not sure about it is because, like, I know I know on a lot of film sets there's all these insurance rules about having alcohol on set, and so I'm not sure that mm. they would have been able to clear that. However, they were on a very remote Irish island, and I know that they went drinking like on a nightly basis in the bars there in Ireland. So I don't know. Right. That's that's hard to say. Hmm. Alrighty, and then finally, here's story number three. Lando Calrissian is a snack aficionado. In the classic novel, to kick off the Thrawn trilogy, Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn, uh, Lando teaches Luke how to make a s'mores over a campfire. Hmm. So, Is that the end of the story? 
<laughs> that's just yeah. a fact i don't buy it vegan you sound you sound uh disappointed like lando teaches luke how to make a s'mores and then has sex with him <laughs> i thought it wasn't glide luke back mountain <laughs> all right so i'll go ahead and repeat the stories and then you guys can uh figure it out from there so um Boba Fett's schleppy cousin Melvin Fett right. thinks Tatooine is a dessert planet. Um, Mark Hamill says the green milk he drank from the Thalus Iron was coconut and rice milk mixed with citrus juice and tequila. Or Lando Calrissian teaching Luke to make s'mores. <laughs> wow. Well, Duper, I, I think I went last time. I think you should uh, cast your vote before I, you know... Go first. You've got more experience than me. I, I think I've only played Duel of the Fakes once, and it was years ago. So uh, I feel like I'm on the spot here because I, I have a perfect record so far. You see, the thing about the the schmores, I feel like is trying to appeal to my deep cut like nature of looking for that deep cut because I remember talking to uh, Callum. Uh, John's last week on the episode about how uh, Lando does talk about hot chocolate in one of the EU novels. So hmm. I don't think that's a far cry. You know, if he's having hot chocolate, he may also be having s'mores. But it just it just sounds a little bit thin to me. I I don't think Lando likes to mix his chocolate with his vanilla in terms of a s'more. I think he would use chocolate marshmallows. Um, and so I am going to go for number two. I like the tequila. I like Mark Hamill. Um, and I'm a big fan of green booby milk. So I'm going to go for that one. Now, do you guys want me to eliminate one of the three? Usually you can eliminate after we lock in because if you, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, vegan, what do you think? All right. So... Obviously, the first story is, how do I say, far-fetched? <laughs> okay. I, I don't buy it for a second. <clears throat> Complete garbage? Not even, not even first. Total bantha poodoo, mm. if you will. Um, but I would, I, would, I would have to agree with Duper, you know? He's a smart guy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes I trust people with mohawks, but... Not other times not. So <laughs> I would say I think number two, I'm, I'm going to go with story number two. That sounds most, most correct. <laughs> least, least ridiculous, least, least, least stupid, least wrong, least okay, story okay. that makes me want to puke in my lap. <laughs> All right, um, well, you guys are on the right track, so okay. I'll go ahead and eliminate story number three. Eliminating number three. Okay, well then Ooh. that does it for me because I'm I was most dubious about number one, right? I mean Melvin Fett. I mean we all know Boba Fett's a clone anyway, so I just the idea of Boba Fett having a brother named Melvin, I just, uh, you know, I just I just don't buy it. And <laughs> and this Candyland sort of desert planet thing. I mean, it must have been a really weird novel uh, that that appeared in, if that's true, because I I'm just not buying it. So I'm sticking with number two. Okay. Well, uh, I'll go ahead and give you some background yeah, on I'm the, the Lando thing. Then. Down on that. Um, well, Luke never learns to make s'mores with Lando. The smooth scoundrel does introduce Luke to an exotic drink called hot chocolate, like Duper said. Uh, bonus fact, hot chocolate was frowned upon in Palpatine's court. Really? among smugglers. He just hates fun. Yeah, it says <laughs> that uh, Imperial officers viewed the drink as 
plebeian. Oh, yes. You, you can't picture, like, like, baby Palpatine, out. like, baby Palpatine out in the cold of Naboo with his little mug of hot cocoa. Like, mommy, mommy. <laughs> no, I, I imagine Palpatine as a young ba- young boy drinking black coffee mm. out in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> bitter <laughs> alright so so you guys are sticking with story too both of you yeah definitely alright well I am happy to say that you're both wrong oh no <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be kidding me Uh, The story of Boba Fett's schleppy cousin Melvin comes from the comic Star Wars Tales number 20, which was published in 2004 by Dark Horse Comics. Oh, it's one of those Dark Horse novels. Those those are just ridiculous. They did everything in those. (laughs) So it told the story of Melvin Fett trying to earn a bounty by capturing the one and only Jar Jar Binks, which are the comical hijinks. So it was non-canon even within like the Legends universe back in I the see. day. So does that oh, mean wow. that uh, if Boba ha- has a brother, does that mean that um, a cousin, cousin, a cousin? So this is like like Django Fett's bastard, bastard. Django Fett's brother's son. Okay, if this if it's true, it, and he named him Melvin, just like Melvin. a true bo- bounty hunter, uh, you know, cold and hard name, you know. Yep. Yeah, reminds me of a of a nerd. Just that that name uh, when when it crosses my lips, it just puts goosebumps on my on my arms. You know, it strikes fear hey, into the hope, heart of every Mandalorian. Boba Fett showing up in Mandalorian season two and Ahsoka Tano. I'm waiting for Melvin Fett. <laughs> Melvin <laughs> Fett wields the dark saber in Mandalorian two. He kills uh, yeah. Giancarlo Esposito's character. <laughs> yeah, screw that guy. And then Melvin he throws a pie and a cupcake. Spoilers for our listeners, guys. <laughs> and he just goes to the real desert planet, whatever it may be. Willy Wonka land. Right, right. Oh, wow. Well, thanks a lot true? for that duel, Link. I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I always like being wrong. Well, I can tell you a little bit more about uh, Mark Hamill's green milk, if you'd like. Uh, the, the ingredients that I told you about are actually from the green milk cooler sold at, sold at Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland and Disney World. Oh, you sneaky shyster. Yeah, so the actual mm. green milk he drank was uh, just coconut milk, and then they colored it green in post. Mm. See, Boring. I wouldn't know that because, uh, because I've been chained up in the studios here at Faking Star Wars for the last three years, unable to go out and try anything new in the in the rest of the world. So um, <laughs> I'm going to blame that on you and Willy Bobo. Well, just uh, order it on DoorDash. <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with a Kashikian fried uh, pork nugget side, you know? Yeah, whatever they call their food at Disney World. <laughs> that would be a brilliant idea, like Star Wars food delivered to your door. I love it. Hey, make it happen, Captain. What I'm is down. What is Kathleen Kennedy doing right now with her time? She's been in lockdown for four months, and she can't come up with a fast food Star Wars chain? All she's doing is ordering poutine from uh, Applebee's on DoorDash, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, always a pleasure to have you in the studio, Link. Thanks a lot. And uh, we look forward to your next edition, maybe of Duel of the Fakes, or maybe you'll come in to guest co-host with us one of these days. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, I'm going to go back to um, finding fossils for an owl. Okay. Very good. (laughs) Sounds like a skill worthy of your intelligence there. Link Vox a million. If you want to follow uh, you, where can people find you, Link? I'm on Twitter at Link Vox a million, and that is L I N K V O X 
I L I A N. All right, and you do follow Thank back, right? And your DMs are open for business. No, they're not, <laughs> and I don't follow back. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right, well, it's been a pleasure. We hope to see you soon. Well, yeah, you'll see me tomorrow in the office where you'll be getting my coffee. <laughs> right, exactly. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Do all of the things. Hey, friends, do yourself a favor and swing on by Dex's Diner for some of the best eats on Coruscant. From our daily lunch menu featuring Dex's signature Swata Club sandwich to our crazy happy hour specials including endless kibbe strips with gerba cheese and half-priced Dagobah slug syrup. And as always, our award-winning Java juice. So get on down to Dex's Diner, where a galaxy of foods await. Two parts of fruit, not in the cocoa district, right next door to Vizsla Home Security Systems. Well, uh, vegan, you know, uh, it's an interesting topic. Some might say a little random, but if you really think about it, uh, Star Wars has always been about food. Um, the nourishment that comes from enjoying the Star Wars saga has always uh, had a connection with popcorn and snacks and uh, the merchandising associated with it as well, uh, fast food chains and that. And that kind of gave us the idea to really go dive deep on this topic. You know, we like to do things that other podcasts are afraid to do. Uh, most podcasts now are talking about the news of The Mandalorian or The Clone Wars or some other kind of garbage like that. But we are going to take a look back at a very nuanced aspect of Star Wars and unpack it for you. So uh, tell us, Vegan, what, what's your what's your take on food in the Star Wars world? I mean, uh, how did you approach food as a young lad, you know, in so far as it came to you from Star Wars? Well, you know, things were always just brought to me, you know. So I, I never really thought of food in, in that sense. Um, I never had to venture out and find it myself but <clears throat> what's the question <laughs> well just like you know like i have memories from watching star wars as a child uh, that tie in very strongly mm. with like the food scenes and there are so many um and and so you know i was thinking oh. about like you know we had some of those glasses that had uh you know star wars on them that you'd get from fast food chains or you know tic tacs oh, or yeah. uh, pez lunch boxes you know it's it just it kind of filled my entire identity right as a child growing up yeah i remember uh one of the staples in in stockings for christmas was uh pez dispensers right. And especially around, you know, early to late nineties, early two thousands, when, you know, the hype of the, the prequels was coming out again, everything was, uh, you know, star Wars related as far as, I think there was even like Burger King stuff. And if I can remember correctly, yeah, I think, I think I tried to collect some of those little, uh, those little glass mugs. Mm, they're cool. I think it was Burger mm. King. I can't remember. I, I know. You know, I grew up on fast right. food. Right. Well, so as any hut would. <laughs> we would often go to, you know, um, dine, fine <laughs> dining at uh, yeah. Burger King, if you will. And, uh, and uh, yeah, we always had Pez uh, for Christmas. And it was big uh, around that time to, to get. I think mm. I got like a C-3PO one one year and uh wow a weird sub one i think if 
I remember right. I can't. I can't remember that. Far I think back. I had a Darth. I can't Maul remember yesterday. I had two heads, like a dual dual bladed Pez dispenser. Um, so that was a pretty cool one. A collector's item, you know, hard to find. Oh, do do you remember that uh, candy? Um, I think we talked about this last time, maybe. Oh yeah, they had the Jar Jar tongue. Candy. <laughs> Absolutely, the, the revolting and that? delicious at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yes. they should make a life set. You know, now like I remember a few years yes. ago, I bought my wife a five pound gummy bear. Uh, as a gift, right? Um, and, a, you know, this ridiculous Ooh. gummy bear. It, it's the size of a cake. It's huge. Uh, they should just start molding pieces of uh, Star Wars lore in the size of these giant gummies, like a life-size Jar Jar tongue or a Jabba the Hutt tongue would be also delectable. I think I think the Huts have been <laughs> very undermerched, you know. We have a lot to offer, us Huts. We could do the marketing. We could take all the money. You know, you could start. You could start a fast food delivery everybody. service where you know a Especially. hut would drive up in a giant a cement mixer and just uh, this trough of of gruel. You know, Star Wars loosely related Star Wars gruel. They would just uh, dump it on your front lawn and then take off, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, most huts don't know how to drive. You tend to stay isolated. So we'll have to figure that out. Yeah, well, usually we're we're catered to, and we're you know the one the passenger. So I think if anything, there would probably be a delivery service that we would hmm. create something similar to that, but the food would be for for huts themselves. You know, I could I thinking about a trough of of gruel just. <laughs> Just, oh I'm my, trying not to tempt you here. Water. I mean, we, I need your, I need your mouth dry enough that you don't completely slobber on your microphone in delight. Um, I love talking about the food in Star Wars itself as well. Um, and so, you know, thinking about the old OT vegan, do you have a nugget, as it were, from the OT as it relates to uh, to gustatory delight? I remember watching the the film and and having Yoda's gruel. And it just looked so disgusting, and I'm always, t- you know, wondering what's what is what's it? In Have you done gruel? any research for us? Yes, actually, I um, I ventured out and and um, was able to track down Yoda's. Um, it's actually root leaf stew. Is that the name of it? And I found yes, and I found the recipe. Had one of my. Uh, um, Russian minions uh, make that for me. And uh, uh, it's quite an experience. Quite the experience. I love that scene, you know. It'll take you to places you didn't think that you would go. Well, that's for sure. That scene is incredible because, you know, it's not the only um, thing that they're talking about with food on Dagobah. Because if you think about it, uh, R2-D2 is saved from that swamp monster. First thing Luke says to him is... You're lucky you don't taste very good, right? Mm. So R2 himself is going to become the monster monster's meal. However, if you watch the new special edition of uh, Empire, that has been changed from you're lucky you don't taste very good to 
you're lucky to get out of there. The far more compelling line. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. So apparently f- the idea of food in the galaxy was triggering people uh, because, you know, not everybody likes food. And so it was perceived as being foodist towards R2. And so that's why George Lucas went back later uh, with the help of the, um, you know, the Lucasfilm fixers and got rid of that line. Well, that makes sense. You know, right. you, you got to cover your tracks. You got to go back. <laughs> Make sure you right your wrongs. Yeah, we can't we can't be triggering any vegan now. huts, you know, with the mere mention of uh, food. <laughs> so, so I also have one from the OT that I I've done a little uh, look for online. I haven't found much actually. It's very mysterious that nobody has written a, a novel uh, or a series of comic books on this one. If you remember the scene after Leia falls off the uh, the the scout bike in Return of the Jedi, she's sort of stranded in the woods. And she meets Wicket, the young uh, Ewok, who's suspicious of her at first. But, Vegan, how does she win him over? Do you remember? I'm guessing she gave him food. (laughs) (laughs) She pulls out this little space cracker, right? And she's like, you know, come on, you want some? And, like, it's really weird because... After Wicked is sort of convinced, there's this moment where he starts to climb up this tree, right? And then that's when she takes a bite out of it. And it's like, you're you're so mean. Like, you tricked this little bear in, like, coming towards you. And then right at the last minute when he's coming to get his little, like, freeze-dried banana cracker or whatever the hell it is, you take a bite out of it then. Like, it's so cruel. But I always wondered, like, what they what they used for that prop. And it's really hard to find any information about it. I wonder if it was, like, a... Uh... Maybe a freeze-dried banana chip or something? Yeah, I think it, it looked something like that. Or maybe a piece of rice cake or, or a wheat thin, you know, possibly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's good marketing for, for that time. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, great. Well, um, how about in the prequel trilogy? What, what foods uh, come to mind that resonated with you, that stuck with you over... Uh, you know, the years since that abomination. Well, I remember Jawa juice, um, vaguely, um, from Dex's diner. You want a cup of Jawa juice? Yeah, and and uh, it was, you know, the way that that robot says that. It's kind of like, uh, do you want do you want some coffee? That's kind of what it sounds like. But um, you know, I, I've had Jawa juice. H- have you tried it before? No, I've never been able to get my hands on a mug. It's uh, it's good. It's a little tangy, almost like a like a vinegar taste. They, they take like, you know, um, Jawas take their shoes off after a long day of scavenging and stealing uh, robots. And then they like, they <laughs> squeeze their socks into like a cup, you know, you know. It's actually, um, it's a, if I remember right, benthahide and something else. So it's, it, it was actually, it's not, it's not vegan, oh. but, um, you know, they do make vegan versions of it and it tastes pretty much the same in the same way. Soy milk tastes like regular milk. I mean, it's the same thing. It, essentially exactly the same thing. Yeah. Every, uh, every vegan hamburger I've had is indistinguishable from real grilled, juicy meat. So, right. Yeah. Um, for me, I think of that, uh, do you remember, you know, there was this, the scene between Anakin and Padme, um, it's a, a, an interesting scene, actually, because of the amount of effects that had to go into the scene, because the scene itself is just them sitting at a dining room table. And, like, mm-hmm. there's curved glass on the table and plates and silverware right. with all these crazy reflections. Um, and so it's yeah. just an insane scene to have to, like, do comp 
composition on, like a, a compositing on. Um, and so basically this, uh, this in the scene, Anakin uses his um, force powers to slowly bring uh, a little space pair over to uh, dear Padme's a waiting succulent mouth and she catches it on the ends of her little fork and then it just boop pops into her mouth and disappears it's very creepy yes it floats into her mouth yeah doesn't it <laughs> it does and i'm a i'm a fan of weird exotic fruit so i've been looking for that fruit for years would you know where i can buy some um i do but i can't discuss that while we're on the podcast i'll have to uh talk to you uh privately okay okay well, we, I, I have a I have a supplier. We are basically talking privately right now, anyway, vegan. Like I don't know if you knew this, but uh, we're having some struggles with getting listeners, so <laughs> we're actually less likely to be heard here on the podcast than like walking down a dark alley, uh, you know, during coronavirus somewhere. So <laughs> uh, I don't know. Some of these some of these uh, dark alleys are they're getting pretty crowded. Um, I have a friend named Chaz. Who, um, you know, all, that's all he does is hang out in the ch- in the val- in the alleys. In the Chaz there, yeah. <laughs> yep. Very good, very good. Um, well, uh, I'll, I'll uh, talk about my favorite one from the sequel trilogy. And this is probably my favorite food moment in all of Star Wars. I don't know, it's a close tie with a couple others. But um, that lovely little scene on Jakku where the... Uh, you know, the, the sexy, sultry uh, Ray Skywalker opens up one of her quarter portions, and we see this little loaf of jalapeno cheddar bread uh, float to the top of this pan. I just love that scene. It's so magical um, and just captures her isolation at the same time. It's so wonderful. Yeah, it, it's... Uh... Look disgusting to me, but sure, yeah. <laughs> so that bread is actually called in canon polystarch portion bread, which was sort of a mixture of bread and meat, I guess. There was also like a green kind of beef jerky sort of stuff that came with it. Right, that she had to cook up, and she kind of like smears was it that on her the plate, meat or was that just a uh, like seaweed, molded seaweed? Maybe it's like maybe that green stuff is sort of like a Vegemite or like a butter of some kind, like a beef butter. That she just sort of spreads Ooh. on her on her on her Vegemite <laughs> on some polystarch bread. This is starting to get oddly sexual. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, but that was a cool cool scene. Yeah, you know what? I I I was kind of upset with um with the sequels, and and maybe I've just blocked it out of my mind. But you know, I'm just very disappointed that there was nothing vegan in the sequels. They had the roasted porgs they had the green the green milk but nothing vegan that i could that i can recall and you know i think uh, lucasfilm knows better than to exclude than to exclude the vegan community in the plant-based community just despicable i i expect more out of kathleen but well vegan would you say like what if you yourself were a thalassiren would it be vegan for you to drink that milk i mean it's your own species milk if i was yes okay so if i was a thalassiren but i you know what kind of milk do huts make like the hut milk is actually it's um coagulated you know so it's not a it's not very a liquid it's coagulated into this log 
that is just forced down our throats at a, at a young age. It's um, it's very difficult to feed to feed uh, baby huts. <laughs> we're we're just uh, we don't have the the chompers yet, so <laughs> so um, you know we have to force that down our throat, and it's it's quite unpleasant. All right, well, uh, so vegan, <laughs> tell us. Uh, Tell us, what's your little nugget from the sequel trilogy? You were saying that there weren't a lot of vegan options available. Yeah, there wasn't. Um, just uh, a little grumpy that there wasn't uh, very many vegan options in in the films. But, you know, mm. I, I have tried blue milk before. You know, <laughs> I wasn't always vegan. Wasn't raised vegan. But uh, one of the reasons you know, for going vegan was because the milk was disgusting. That, that, that blue milk, disgusting, sour. I think, I think you're trying to cover up the fact that it was pure pressure that, you know, when, when you vegan, the hut went off to a hut university, you were immediately accosted by a group of, uh, skinhead huts, uh, who were, um, you know, shorts that were too big and, uh, white t-shirts and they had a bunch of, uh, you know, X tattoos on their shins and stuff. And they, uh, they encouraged you to go vegan or, uh, sob back to your dorm room in tears for feeling like you were usurping the power of the world. Well, things change, you know, when you go to college, um, you start exploring new ideas, um, you start learning more about the world, you start learning more about, you know, the the history of the, the galaxy, and, you know, I, I may have been persuaded, but, uh, you know, nobody forced soy down my throat, you know. Well, there there was that one time. V- vegan the Hut, the empath. <laughs> the eternal empath, you know. Yeah, that's noted for exactly. that affability. <laughs> Great. Well, like you know, if you think about Star Wars, you know, some people are going to say this is we're ridiculous for doing this episode, but I really do believe that Lucas was trying to build food into this uh, galaxy. I mean, that's part of the world building of it. Think about just the plot of the greatest Star Wars film ever made, hmm. The Empire Strikes Back. Essentially, this is the story of, you know, a cautionary tale of dietary nourishment, uh, food gone wild. So, um, you know, think about the beginning, the Bantha and his quest for nourishment in this hostile world of Hoth. He kills Luke's ride, like the Tauntaun, strangles him, drags him uh, back to his lair, Mm -hmm. devours him. uh, And then he hangs Luke Luke up to dry like some stuffed sausage for, or pinata. Uh, for later consumption. And then after Luke is, uh, you know, rescued, uh, he no no sooner is he rescued than he's on Dagobah um, struggling for nourishment with this uh, lunchbox thing, you know, and it symbolizes the sort of cruel rebel world, the, the rations and the sort of compressed meat product he's forced to endure. And this, uh, you know, it establishes Yoda's character as this kind of mm. hippy-dippy dude who's kind of cool and out, out, in the, out in the sticks, right? And the bond, and then they bond. They bond over this root leaf stew right. that you mentioned. And then later in the film, Han uh, and Leia and Chewbacca are actually seduced by the promise of some refreshment by Lando. And then Vader uh, violently crashes their tea party. I mean, if you really think about that movie, it would be impossible without food in it. So um, if you are a critic and you're out there uh, hating on us, um, I've got another word for you. 
very deep analysis. Um, I never thought of it that way. But uh, you're right. <laughs> Mind blown right so, uh So thinking of real life Star Wars food tie-ins, I mean, we've talked about the Pez. We've talked about um, that kind of stuff. Anything else come to mind uh, that you'd like to try or that you have tried vegan? In preparation for this, I uh, took a look online and was checking out what they have over at mm. Galaxy's Edge at the Disney parks. And, um, you know, man, they've got some really good stuff. And actually, they do have some good, uh, well, good sounding um, plant-based meals. Um, they have something called Ithorian Garden Loaf. I mean, doesn't that sound yeah, mouthwatering? Loaf. Garden Just... loaf. You know, it sounds like maybe you're maybe you're eating a, a <laughs> loaf of dirt with some vegetables in it. But it's supposed to be a like sort of like a meatloaf and served with a potato mash, vegetables, and some kind of a mm. root mushroom sauce. And another one that I found, the Ronto Less Garden Wrap. So they have the the Ronto Wrap. But now they have the Rontoless Garden Wrap, which is a plant-based sausage. And it has a kimchi slaw and some other kind of Go- weird... Gochujang or something like spread. that. And a pita wrap. This is like the impossible Ronto Whopper of, a, of Disney theme parks? Yeah, something... I didn't want to. I didn't want to offend anybody if I said it wrong. Yeah. So the Ronto wrap is like a hot dog. Well, it's not <laughs> a hot dog. It's a hot dog. Let's just say it's a hot dog. Okay, it's a hot dog. And it a took pita. a ballpark frank and up, shoved okay. it into a pita. But Gre- the Ron- Greeks and Turks around the world should be horrified at this cultural yeah. appropriation, as well as Germans and Jews too. You know? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It it doesn't make sense by itself. And so they said, you know, why not? Why not? Let's let's make a plant based version. Let's just keep going with the ridiculousness, and uh, you know, and you know, we'll appease everybody. And, you know, I, for one, I'm happy about that. That's kind of nice. Um, what about you? Have you heard any uh, any good recipes out there? Or Well, it's interesting. I was actually on a tour of the country a few years back. Uh, I think we were like huh? maybe three or four years uh, ago. This was maybe right before or right after The Force Awakens came out. And I stopped in a little city in Indiana called Fort Wayne. Um, if you've ever been there, eh, city about three, 350,000 people, you know, um, nice little town. And there was a place there called um, sweetsogeek.com. And you can actually go to their website now. It's still in business. I don't know how they've been affected with coronavirus. I was on there the other day checking it out because they still have their main selection. Man, we're talking some delicious homemade style chocolates and cakes and all kinds of stuff but they had like uh, a yoda chocolate head that was bright green made with like bright green tea matcha chocolate um they had like a darth vader chocolate filled with like hazelnut um they have a stormtrooper that's like white chocolate ganache filled um, it's incredible. Uh, a little expensive, you know. Uh, I think I went out of there spending like 80 bucks because I had to get one of everything. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So if- I wonder how much I would spend because one of everything <laughs> would barely, you know, 
get that taste on my palate. You know? Yeah, it would be it would be melted before you could even swallow it. Um, but if you are interested, go on to the website, sweetsogeek.com. They're a cool company. Uh, I remember talking to the guy. He's a very nice guy. Um, they've been in business now for a while. They do a lot of geek tie-ins, um, not just Star Wars as well. But um, anyway, it's it's cool. And I, I, I am sorry to say, though, they do not have any uh, Jabba the Hutt marmalade-filled gooey uh, gummy chocolates yet. Um, maybe after listening to this episode, so they'll be inspired uh, to put <laughs> to put one of those out. But um, overall, I would say the chocolate was good. You know, it wasn't like you know you always think when you get one of these figures that's like a movie tie-in or something like that. It's just kind of for the novelty, and the taste is gonna be leaving something to desire. I thought that the, the chocolate was on point for what it was. I mean, it must be hard nice. to make that kind of stuff. Hmm. You know, I think if they, if they did do a uh, hot inspired um, candy. It it probably wouldn't be m- marmalade. I would say probably like a like a licorice taste to it. Ah, okay, like an yeah. anise taste or something like that. Yeah, absinthe, not, like creme, a deep cream or something. Yeah, it's like a deep licorice taste. You know, great for the kids. They love that flavor. Mm. Uh, the black licorice. You know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> make it make it as disgusting as possible, <laughs> um, and there there are uh, you know of course a million recipes for like marshmallow huts and all this kind of stuff um, and other kinds of snack bowls. But uh, there's a video here of somebody eating a 33 year old Jabba the Hut Return of the Jedi candy. Yeah, so this Jabba the Hut video, this guy eating 33 year old Jabba the Hut candy. There there was a tops display. Uh, of candy that came yeah. out where they had like um, stuffed basically little plastic eggs basically of Jabba the Hutt um, Ewoks um, looks like Admiral Akbar's in there um, but 33 years Ooh. old this guy so this video was made in like uh, 2000 let's see uh, 33 so this would have been uh, 2016 I guess so four years ago um, wow. that's when the movie came out and and for some bizarre reason he decided to eat this. <laughs> God, you know, uh, you know the the uh, I can't speak to the other you know character candy, but I'm sure the Jabba um, was it aged, you know, like a like a good cheese or or, or a, mer- wine, a merlot <laughs> or a yes. gewurztraminer. Yeah, for some bizarre reason the Jabba little plastic container is blue. Which is really, really weird. Like Jabba is not blue. Although now that I'm looking at this, I'm like, when they recut it, did they did they turn him blue though? No, because this is the original box here. Like this is from 1980, oh, uh, right. 1983. True. And so I wonder if in pre-production they discussed him being blue. And so these were produced before the movie even came out. Well, I mean, if you think about kids candy, blue probably would be most appealing to kids. Rather than true colors, you know. But like the Ewoks are the right colors and Admiral Akbar is right. So this happens a lot with merch tie-ins oh. that they'll... And even like in the early days when they did like Luke's lightsaber, originally it was yellow, right? The original Ooh. Luke figure had a yellow lightsaber. So I think sometimes it's just a fact that they, you know, back in the day, they had to get the uh, ball rolling on uh, merchandise and manufacturing far, far ahead of the movie's release so that they would get they wouldn't always get those details right. Maybe. 
Hmm. Makes sense. Hey, maybe in the new Ryan Johnson film, it'll be uh, the protagonist will be uh, a blue hut, and we can follow him along for three episodes and watch him as he goes on a, a vegan journey of politically correct delight. <laughs> you know, I, I cannot confirm nor deny uh, that production. Right, right. You're, 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 you're going to be involved in that production in some way, I would hope. Yeah, they, they came to me con- for, for consulting. As long as we're talking about imaginary scenarios, Vegan, um, what would you like to see in the Star Wars universe with, with food? I think it would be good to see more, you know, plant-based foods. Since, you know, Ryan Johnson's film, um, you know, it, it had deep tone underlying tones of veganism you know with the horse races or you know they weren't horses but um Peta was heavily involved in making sure that the fathers were not injured though i heard yes um but you know can't say the same for the porks (laughs) (laughs) you know they they did have the you know but they had the underlying tone of that, you know, because the Porgs were looking at Chewbacca with sad faces, like, how could you eat us? You know, and then the 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 racing and then either even the uh, depressed looking. Um, yes, the Thalassirens. I mean, look how depressed they looked. Can you imagine just sitting on rocks and uh, uh, milking lactating all day just for a a rapscallion jedi former jedi whatever he was to come around and suck suckle on your teat secreting your memories for a defunct uh, religious order <laughs> so i mean there was some there was some uh, some undertones of veganism there but they didn't do enough uh for vegans so i think they they could have definitely come up with some um you know some kind of kale concoction um some kind of bitter uh, grass that, uh, you know, that maybe Ray could have eaten or Poe, you know, I mean, people underestimate how much vegans eat grass Hmm. and, you know, I think they, they really missed the mark with leaving that out. They could, they could have had some kind of a nutrient rich grass, maybe, maybe a wheat grass juice or something. That'll, that'll definitely blow your colon like nothing else will. Uh, I mean, that actually, you know, Admiral Holdo, I, I, I am told that there was a cut scene that never made it into the last Jedi where before she sent that ship into light speed, uh, to create the hold the maneuver, she actually downed a few shots of freshly squeezed wheat grass there on the, uh, rebel, uh, the rebel deck of that ship right there. And that's what gave her the color power uh, to shoot that ship through a Snoke's cruiser. Ooh, you know, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, because when you drink, if you've, have you ever had wheatgrass juice? Oh, I, I love it. Every stormtrooper swears by wheatgrass. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, as you may remember, um, wheat, wheat, like you said, wheatgrass juice will, uh, will definitely clean you out. Mm-hmm. And it's you know when you're when you're sitting on the toilet, getting cleaned out by the wheatgrass, no better way to go out than just right through starship. Full on light speed, <laughs> <laughs> destruction at just both ends. End it all. You know? <laughs> just end it all. That's right. That's right. So little little known fact about what the Holdo maneuver genuinely represented. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, we're going to hell. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. 
you know, I, thinking on the the delivery uh, chain, you know, now in the era of COVID, um, there have been attempts at uh, merchandising food um, outside of the Star Wars kind of umbrella. You know, like Disney, of course, has a monopoly on that crap. But like, for example, when I used to live in uh, Asia, there was a restaurant bar, you know, live music space there called the Cantina. And it actually was sort of a take on Star Wars. The menu was Star Wars. I know there was not any kind of licensing fees or anything uh, paid to Lucasfilm as a result of that. But um, I don't know why they don't try that. I think it would be very successful if you had, at least in large cities, kind of a Star Wars, Luke Skywalker, you know, Luke's little Dagobah briefcase, like his little bento box of pork sausages, rice, and kimchi, and fermented radish, uh, you know, sort of like what they call in Korea a doshira, you know, like this uh, little wow. little little briefcase that you sort of mix up, uh, it's got rice and all this uh, processed food, and it's like a lunchbox, and I think in this era, you know, that would be a very successful delivery service, you know, they could include um, delivery drivers who were wearing like uh, Leia's bikini costume right to your door. I could do that. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe like a midget in a wicket costume, you know? I mean, why not offend everybody while we're at it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be I would definitely be down with that. I mean, can you imagine uh how excited the children would be to see uh a ja- uh, you know, a Jawa coming up to the door or an Ewok? No, you know. it could be like an ice cream truck, you know, like the, the music starts to play like kids come running and like Greedo greets the kids like, you know, like <laughs> McClunky. And then it's like, OK, I'll have the lunchbox special today, Greedo. <laughs> have like, a, you know, Sabalba or not Sabalba, yes. Watto, you know, dishing out, you know, trying to trying to like haggle the prices with you <laughs> yes yes uh no like um uh wado is like ah i'm telling you ah nobody else has a fried pork like i do eh? <laughs> <laughs> all the way from uh Skellig michael <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd go for it you know what i'd like to see if they if they made a uh plant-based version of wookie meat oh that sounds tasty yes it's it, it would probably va- be very chewy. Oh, ouch. <laughs> ah! <laughs> but at least Got it would him. get a medal for like least uh, for most humane uh, meat substitute. <laughs> oh dear. Hello, and welcome back to Vegan the Hut's ASMR challenge. Today we're going to be trying a variety of different fruits and nuts from throughout the galaxy. This first one is Jogan fruit. Probably get in here and use my hands. Delicious. a bit of a sulfur taste to it. Next we're going to be trying some portion bread. Only took a second to make. 
disgusting. Next, I will uh, attempt to wash down the portion bread. Picked up some uh, Jawa juice from a uh, good old Texas diner on Coruscant. Let's give that a try. We're going to try some of this soup. It's uh, Yoda's root soup that he made on Dagobah. Let's try a little sifter of this. Something weird about that. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, kind of feeling a little funny after Eating that, eating that, uh, root stew. <clears throat> Gotta feel a little trippy. I haven't felt this way since. Oh, wow, I don't, I don't feel good. This feels strange. And I'm, I think I need to go. I swear. Oh, what the? Salacious? Is that you? I thought you died. Mmm. Good the soup was. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. Yeah, it was pretty good. All right. This concludes the episode of Vegan Nuts ASMR Experience. Faking Star Wars Listener Mail. All right, well, vegan, that sound means it's time for Listener Mail. And we put a call out to the Twitterverse to write into the studios here with some questions about uh, canon legends and foods and other dishes inspired by Star Wars. Got a few responses here. Um, this one is from Peter Slavic BLM, who's at Peter Sar on Twitter. And he writes... Uh, hmm. You know, what is one of the things you'd like you'd like to think about as uh, an item on the Galaxy's Edge menu? Peter says, Oga's Obsession paired with a fuzzy tauntaun. No question. Have you um, heard of some of the drinks that they have at Galaxy's Edge? Um, you know, I've seen pictures because I'm, a, I'm quite a mixologist, so I, I watched them to see just how yeah. poor they were compared to what I concoct. Um, but no, <laughs> I, I haven't seen uh, too many of the names of, uh, of the drinks and stuff. Yeah, the Fuzzy Tauntaun apparently will... I guess it's similar to like a like a mimosa oh if, yes. I, if i remember or like a right. fuzzy navel with like champagne or something yeah yeah um but it has chili in it ah so it actually is very tingly on the mouth so you wouldn't expect it's that not, it's not like a burning but it's like a tingly yeah it's not something you would expect like a frosty tauntaun beverage to me would be something you might find like with coconut or like a creme de cassis or uh creme de cacao you know not like a spicy chili sort of uh that's not really the world i'm living yeah. in there so. yeah i mean they also they have a um batu bucha tea there as well 
No. Which is a uh, kombucha, which is a pineapple, su- no, suja pineapple passion fruit kombucha. That sounds pretty delicious. I would definitely um, order that. I The the stormtroopers, we, we're on a regimen of kombucha early in the morning to keep ourselves regular. So <laughs> Nice. Well, you know, myself included, I, I think that would be pretty tasty in order to keep my vegan badge there's certain things i have to do every day drink kombucha uh drink hummus drink hummus and (laughs) and eat kale chips i mean those are the three bare minimum that you have to do to keep your vegan card Mm. another letter here from uh, darth papa bear who writes us at uh, darth papa bear is at bear underscore e who writes, every May 4th, it's tradition in our house to have blue milk and Star Wars cookies. Cookies using Star Wars cookie cutters. You haven't lived until you dunk Vader and Yoda into blue milk and then take a bite out of them. Which part of uh, Yoda would you bite into first, vegan, after you soaked it in some delicious soy almond oat milk? (laughs) Some uh, soy almond milk, huh? (laughs) <laughs> I'd go for the ears myself. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, you know, you use one ear as a handle, <laughs> dunk them in, bite off the other ear. I mean, that just makes sense. Go for the legs. It might be our only chance to eat them. <laughs> oh, maybe maybe it's a cane. Maybe maybe he has a cane part of the cookie cutter, and you can, like, hang it on the side of the cookie, you know. The oh, milk. that would be classic. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, on the mug of the Lando Hot Chocolate. Yes. Nice. Now, did Lando and yeah. Yoda ever meet? I don't think they did. I'm trying to remember. No, they wouldn't have ever met unless it was uh, sometime in, like, Solo, uh, you know, in the background there. Like, Yoda and Lando are hanging out at a cafe, slurping, uh, like, you know, um, like little grilled snakes at a at a little cafe. <laughs> you know, and Yoda's like, mm, um, Bespin Spice Mining is going well, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Lando's like, hey, Yoda, you, you are absolutely beautiful up here among the stars with these grilled snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to woo him. <laughs> absolutely, man. Lando, Lando will do anything. Well, you know, unfortunately, vegan, my stomach is grumbling for some Star Wars cookies and a big bowl of root stew with some processed uh, meat. Um, So that's all we have time for this week. Uh, Can you tell the listeners where they can find us? Uh, You can follow Faking Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram at Faking Star Wars and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash real faking Star Wars. If you want to submit a question for us on Twitter, use the hashtag FSW radio and we may read it next week. And you can get official FSW t-shirts, masks, spoons, microwaves, bibs, and barf buckets at http slash slash bit.ly slash FSW merch. That's bit.ly slash FSW merch. And if you'd like, you can follow me at Storm Duper on Twitter. And I'm at Vegan the Hut on Twitter. And you can follow Faking Star Wars Radio at FSW Radio on Twitter and Instagram as well. 
If you like what you hear and you're feeling hungry and want to buy us some uh, pizza so that we can spill it into our laps and get it lodged in our neck beards, go ahead and sign on to patreon.com slash fakingstarwars. Sign up to become a patron. Not only do you support us fakers financially to keep making the content that you love, but you'll get a fantastic reward. Join as little for a buck a month. Be like Darth Taxus and Keith Harmon who support us at the fake Jedi Knight level. Also, we are out there trying to get you to write some reviews so get on your pod chaser or your spotify or your itunes elabra aura or whatever you have and write us a review send it in to me at storm duper on twitter and if i like it i will read it on the next episode one more thing before we go we want to invite you to join the fsw discord server it's a free online chat room full of fakers discussing star wars other nerd culture topics and even playing some games the link is bit.ly forward slash FSW Discord and make sure FSW is in caps. That's right. We love to have you in there. There's been some fantastic banter lately, so uh, definitely join that Discord. And as always, also stay tuned to fakingstarwars.net. We write tons of articles every week for your reading pleasure, um, and you can get some quality comedy, parody, and satire. Thanks to you and all of our delicious followers for listening. And of course, may the foe be with you. See you next time. Take care.